Hey everyone, welcome once again to Podcast in Death, the weekly podcast where we discuss the in-death series of books by J.D. Robb. I am AJ, and this is episode number 177 of Podcast in Death. And as you can hear, uh, I'm all alone today. Uh, Jen and Tara aren't with me, and that's because Tara has a very busy week in theater this week. And so there was just no time for us to get together and record a podcast. But luckily, a few weeks ago, Tara had some extra time in the week. So she and I got together and we recorded an extra episode for emergencies. And that's what we're going to play for you today. So uh, today, the episode that we're going to play for you is the one that Tara and I did on The Wit and Wisdom of Mavis Freestone. Hope you enjoy it. Bye. So this is weird because we don't have, we were just talking, we don't have a an episode number or anything like this because Tara and I are recording this as an extra episode for those times yeah. when we can't record. Um, Apparently, that's going to come up soon, according to Tara, um, <laughs> because she's about to get real busy again. Just, I'm, um, try, I'm trying to think ahead. Yeah, thanks, Tara. I appreciate it. And this <laughs> is the week that she has a lot of time. So we thought, well, why not just do an extra episode? But we did um, ask you guys out there um, to give some feedback on this topic and the topic that we've chosen today is the wit and wisdom of Mavis Freestone. Yes. And it's a good topic for us to do without Jen because Jen is not a big fan of Mavis, as we all know. Which is <laughs> you know, it's fine. It's <laughs> it's fine. Everybody's got their characters that they don't care for as much. That's right. And it's fine. Um but anyway, uh <laughs> so we're gonna talk because one thing that I know that Jen has said all along when we talk about the series and we talk about Mavis is that Mavis does tend to give really good advice to Eve or anyone else. She's good at that. Yes. Um, so I thought, well, that would be a good topic to go into. The advice that she's given Eve over the course of the books or she's given anyone because i know that there was um one of the things we're going to talk about is in judgment when she kind of babysat peabody's brother and talked to him gave him some advice yes and do you want to start with the what people said yeah or do you, yeah let's start that? with facebook because dana had put something in there that was more uh explained mavis's background and we were talking about maybe it is it would, would be a good thing for us to talk about Mavis's background before yeah. um, we start this whole episode. Yeah, we, we can do that. Let me find that little part of it. As everybody knows that um, Mavis, Mavis and Eve met because Mavis was grifting. Yes. And Eve busted her at one point. I think we did talk about Mavis at one point because you that was uh, the show that you were talking about how she was like the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> yes i think th that might have been the episode where we talked about east friend circle uh-huh but i don't know it's there there have been a hundred many episodes <laughs> there have been and we're losing track so <laughs> we need to we need one of dana's spreadsheets 
Dana, we are tasking you with a spreadsheet. <laughs> uh, but Dana actually did give us kind of a little bit of the background when she pulled out the um, where Eve and her talking and she talks about it when she was a child. Do you mean to read that? Yeah, I think this is from, what did I say it was from? This is from um, Concealed. Concealed, yes. So this is what it says. Um, okay. okay, well, big entrance. My mother was a drunk and a junkie. She drank, smoke, pop, and stick anything when she wasn't, and stick anything when she wasn't, roll, when she was rolling. The father wasn't around much then, not at all. I don't remember him very well, and I don't think she did either. We lived mostly around Baltimore. Sometimes she worked, sometimes she didn't. Sometimes we'd skip out on the rent in the middle of the night because she'd snorted it up. It made her crazy. But when she was using, she mostly left me alone. It was better when she was using. She paused a moment, seemed to gather herself. But she'd get busted. Maybe I'd get shuffled out unless I slipped the leash. Then we were in the rehab cycle, and when she was in that mode, she'd get religion. The kind where she'd have me by the neck 24-7, preaching weird stuff, not your basic God crap, the hellfire crap. Um, and then Dana said, uh, I think understanding her background helps us to see her and understand her. In this instance, understanding how she grew up and then seeing how she deals with Dorian and desperation, which we'll talk about. Going through the lines of tough love, she knows Dorian is scared and angry, yet makes her apologize to Eve. Um, yeah, but that's how Eve found met her was she's grifting. Yeah, so she grifted for a while. She she grew up rough, just like Eve did. So maybe that's something that they just felt from each other. I I a hundred percent agree with that. I think that. Um, or do you think it's something that they discussed early on? You know what I really think? I don't I don't think that they needed to. I honestly don't okay. think that they needed to. I think that they really understand each other. Okay. I could be wrong. Um I really I mean I really could be wrong about that, obviously, but like I don't know, when when you have like a similar background to someone, you don't necessarily have to talk about it. Right. It's like you get it. Yeah. I don't know. So I think that they did discuss it at some point. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm sure that they discussed it. But as far as like, I don't think that they like. Went into detail. No, I really think that. I mean, like Mavis is talking about it here, obviously for different purposes. But like, I think that it was kind of more like, yeah, I recognize that you had it bad too or whatever, you know? Right. And we, we see how the two of them cope with that differently. Obviously, they don't have the same background, yeah. but... No, they don't have the same personalities. Different personality no, types they don't. are going to come I mean, through that differently. Yeah, that's a, that's a big part of who Mavis is, I think. Right. Which is, you know, I mean, it's, it, it's made Mavis some... You know, often we look at Mavis and go, like, how are they friends? But Eve does really need those people... She's clearly attracted to people that are um, more outgoing or more kind of like, um, you know, those outgoing personalities. Because obviously oh, absolutely. she saw something in Peabody and Peabody is a very outgoing personality. Peabody's kind of like in between Eve and Mavis. She is. And um, 
this is really not about Mavis. It's more about Eve. Eve is not entirely an introvert. Right. You know, which is, which is really interesting because, you know, we, we group those three together so much and you're like, well, then Eve is the introvert in the group. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know that the group has a, has a real introvert. Right. You know, I think that Eve has introverted tendencies, but I don't actually think she's an introvert, which is one of the reasons why when I, when I think about the idea of Eve and Mavis being opposites of each other, I think that that's like a kind of a, this is, this might be maybe a little too mean to say, but it's kind of a lazy way to describe their relationship in my opinion, because their personalities are fairly opposite, but the rest of them are really not They're the, the rest of, of Eve and Mavis is they're actually very similar. Yeah. They both, they both love aggressively and they both right. say what's on their fucking mind. Like that, you know, I'm like, Oh no, you guys are not, you guys are not as different as, as, as it comes across. Right. Um, Mavis would just say it, you know, with a few less swear words, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> or like, maybe not. Or not. Depends on if Bella's in the room. Eve is really somebody who requires people around her that will push her out of her boundaries. Yes. Because Eve's not somebody that will voluntarily go out of her boundaries. Right. And maybe this is. (laughs) Yeah. She's not a person that that absolutely would never go out of her boundaries. And I think if she was a true introvert, she probably would never go out of her boundaries, regardless of what Mavis wanted or Rourke wanted or anybody wanted. Oh, yeah. Because she's also like, you know, Eva's very stubborn, which means that, like you just said, if she doesn't want to do it, she's not going to do it. Right. And that means that she's not. Yeah. But if you're a true introvert, you might allow somebody to push you out of your comfort zone, maybe reluctantly but like i feel like eve inside of her has that personality that likes to do things that likes to you know experience new things or whatever and uh but just needs that person around her that will push her to do that yeah no i i think you're right about that i really do and that's that's a lot of times mavis (laughs) yeah exactly yeah. Up to this time, up to naked, up to the point where we start naked, I think it's been primarily Mavis or only Mavis. Yeah. For whatever reason, uh, Eve chose her. And she did well, a good job. I mean, there wasn't anyone else. and the- Right. Well, there might have been, but there, was ne- was, there wasn't anybody that spoke to Eve like Mavis did. And not just, I don't just mean words, but I mean something about Mavis spoke to who Eve was as a person. I agree. And one of the reasons is because she gives good advice. She <laughs> gives such good to, advice. To bring it back to the uh, topic. Um, do you want me to read the, these ones then that are here? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> um, so um, Dana gave us several. Mm-hmm. Which is great. So the first one she gave us is promises and death. Um, mm-hmm. When they're doing this whole smart girl thing, uh, Mavis stood at the board, a uh, plate in her hand. It's the woman. She ate another bite, turned to where Eve sat. It's got to be the woman. She's the best fit. Why? Nadine wanted to know. 
Well, geez, Coltrane might have respected her lieutenant and the old guy. She maybe liked the asshole okay, even if she brushed him back. Because hey, Morris and she had a good had good. Hey, Morris, and she had good taste. Maybe she got on fine with this last guy too, but she and this one, only woman in the club, right? They're going to have a different kind of thing. Women say shit to each other and talk about stuff they don't with penises. Look at us. Sorry, she said abruptly to Mira, stepping on your spot. No, it's interesting, your idea that Cleo Grady killed Coltrane because they were women. I just figure she'd get closer than the others. Know more about what the what was when Coltrane was off, you know, the R&R time. Like, she's not going to tell the asshole she's got her period and wants a hot bath. Or the old guy, how she's got the hornies and can't wait to jump Morris like that. That one probably knew all that and would have known more than the others that she'd be home alone that night. Nadine pursed her lips. Good one, Mavis. Mavis grinned and shrugged. Okay, am I right or am I wrong? You win the Smart Girl Award. (laughs) That is really a fucking fantastic moment for, for not just obviously for Mavis, but like for the idea that, and such a great scene anyway, because, you know, it's like, the smart girls award or whatever. And right. And all of them bring all this stuff to the table. And it's like, she brings experience to the table. Right. You know, she brings life experience of observing other people, which we don't think of her doing like we do Eve. Right. But she do. <laughs> right. She observes all kinds of things, you know, and it's, I don't know. It's really smart. I, I do love that one a lot. Um, and it's so to go on with that scene too, then, um, I think, so I'm looking at it right now and Rio is basically saying like, you, you can't go on just what your feelings are. Right. And, um, Mavis says, you know, crap city, because all my tingles are saying (laughs) that the bitch is guilty. And Rio says, it usually takes more than tingles to convict. And Mavis says, Tingly should count. Then Bella started crying, so Mavis had to leave. And Eve says, thanks for your input. And Mavis says, hey, us double X chromosomes have to stick together. <laughs> us double X chromosomes have to stick together. That's <laughs> um, another one from Dana. It's from Glory. You're not going to get all weirded out and blow it, are you? What are you talking about? I know you. You'll pick it apart, question everything, analyze. Noting Eve's glass was empty, Mavis did the honors. Well, I'm telling you, pal, don't. I don't pick things apart. You're the champion pick pick it apart, but they're they're drunk. I love that part. Yeah. The champion pick it apart, pick it aparter. She says, he's crazy about you, isn't he? He's rich. I mean, mag rich, gorgeous as a god in that body. And Eve says, what do you know about his body? I got eyes. I use them. <laughs> got a pretty good idea of what he looks like naked. Right. <laughs> uh, let's see. And then, uh, you know, I, I saw that. In, and then I thought, you know, how weird thoughts come to my head. How many times in this series we've seen, especially Mavis and, and Eve, but Eve, like swimming around naked in the pool in front of like Mavis and other people. Right. Uh, girls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and I know it's a used book or whatever, but then I started thinking like, I could never see Rourke like swimming around naked with the guys. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Or around Mavis or anybody like that. No. So yeah, how um, would she know? But yeah, she's got an imagination. Sure. She's the smart one. Yeah. She, um, the other part about this quote here that I really love is when she says, um, you're in love with him, aren't you? And they're talking about Somerset. And he said, Somerset, I've had a hell of a time controlling myself around him. <laughs> Look me dead in the eye. Come on. You're in love with Rourke. <laughs> and then she said, it looks that way. I don't want to think about it. Good. Don't. <laughs> Always said you think too much. Always said you thought too damn much. She just knows. Yeah. She, well, she, yeah. She knows Eve. She knows anyone. Eve. She knows, she knows people. Yeah. She knew Eve better than Rourke at that point, but I think Rourke knows Eve just as much, if not better than Mavis. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, now, yeah. Yeah. Um, In Born and Death, she says, I wanted to say something to you before everything changes again, because I know this is going to change everything. A good change. An abso-mag change. But still, Dallas, you're the best person I know. I mean it. Leonardo, he's the sweetest, but you're the best. You do what's right. You do what matters, whatever it takes. You're the first of my family, and you really started me on the road. I wouldn't be here, wouldn't be doing this except for you. And that's when Eve says, I think Leonardo had more to do with it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he had the fun part. And then she says, I love you. We love you. I wanted to tell you. So, yeah, there's more, but that was really the wisdom part right i love that because if this were anyone else even be like yeah um you're literally about to have a child i can't be in the same room as you exactly well and, and then Mavis and, knows yeah she knows she doesn't want to be there <laughs> and that's the thing you know i mean after after mavis says all of that you know and eve says mavis if i didn't love you i'd be a thousand miles from this room yep <laughs> and it's true it's so true Lynn didn't give that quote, but she um, said, I really like the section in Desperation and Death where she scolds Dorian for being flip and obstinate with Eve and then shuts Eve down. Um, Tried to find that quote. So um, Eve is asking her, uh, Mina, a bunch of questions. And Mina basically says, you don't care. You're just one more lying bitch trying to push me around because you can. And Eve says, where did they take you? And Mina says, just fuck you. And it says, that's it. Mavis leaning with her baby belly surged off the sofa and rounded on Dorian. You don't get to speak to her that way. Not in my home. And Dorian says, I don't want to be in your damn home. And Mavis says, well, you are, and you'll show some goddamn respect. And then even Eve was like, Mavis. Then um, Mavis looks at Eve, you be quiet. And to Dorian, she continued, she puts her life on the line every single day. She works herself into the ground to help someone like you because she does know. You think you've had it rough? Well, join the crowd. I asked her to give her word, and she did. If she wasn't who she was, Sebastian would be in lockup right now, and you'd be at in a box at Cop Central. 
Um, Neve says, okay, let's just, and she's like, I'm not finished. Sebastian <laughs> asked me to go to Dallas. So I did. And when I did, she and Peabody had dozens of faces, young girls like you on their board. Girls are trying to find to help because nobody in this nasty damn world gives more or cares more. Consider yourself lucky that she's the one who stood over your friend who's working to find out who hurt her and killed her because she won't stop until she does. She took a long breath. This is my home, and you won't sit here and speak to my friend that way. Apologize. And says, Eve started so to speak good. again, got a laser flash out of Mavis's eyes, and kept silent. <laughs> and then Torian says, Jesus, lady. <laughs> Mavis says, I said apologize. <laughs> and Dorian says, fine, sure, sorry, Jesus. <laughs> so, good for oh, you, Mavis. Man. I love Mavis so much. And then, later on, here's the thing. Then they go outside, she and Eve. Go outside. And Dorian says, um, man, she's like totally whacked, I thought. And Eve says, say another thing about Mavis Freestone. Go ahead. <laughs> So, says Dorian shrugged and look, looked away. Yeah, keep your mouth shut, kid. <laughs> keep your mouth so shut. These are two ladies that you don't cross. No. Yeah. Fucking kids, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only other one in the Facebook was, again, the quote isn't here, but um, Betsy brought up. Um, I love when she tells Eve that the whole Magdalena thing was a setup and what to do next. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I have um, that one too. I, was saying, I figured you probably have that one. Well, first of all, in Innocent, you know, it starts off with Eve going over there and Mavis is, you know, they see the baby and Mavis tries to get Eve to hold the baby and she doesn't want to and blah, blah. <laughs> right. So Mavis sits down in the um, rocking chair in the nursery and she starts to nurse um, Bella. And it's just like, they sit there for a second, you know, in silence. And then it says, so Mavis turned and uh, nursed and rocked, nursed and rocked. Why haven't I heard any media dirt about a blonde fuckhead found floating in the East River? <laughs> so good. So then they go back and forth, you know, and Eve is like, you know, I, I, she's, she's, I don't know. I just don't know. She's fuck Mavis. Fuck. And she's and Mavis says, you're not going to tell me Rourke is doing her because NPW, no, no possible way. No possible way. way. <laughs> he wouldn't. All guys have the small jerk gene. It makes them guys, but only some have the big jerk gene and he doesn't. Um, <laughs> so. Oh, that's the, no, he's not doing her. I have that part of the quote, but he right. used to, I used to pick pockets. You used to arrest me. <laughs> right. That's good. Um, and then, you know, she's tells her Uber bitch came here to flip you. And Eve says, yeah, she did mission accomplished. And so Mavis says, give me like a rundown on her. What, what are we dealing with? And, um, Eve says she's kick your dick up gorgeous, smart, sexy, sophisticated, multilingual, rich, slick, and polished. She's a custom fit for him. And Mavis says, bull poopy. Because <laughs> 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 the baby's there, you know, you can't cuss. Um, uh, and uh, 
basically Eve says she's everything I'm not. And Mavis says, that's good. That's completely mag. And Eve's like, good, how? And Mavis says, because if you two had solid common, it could be said, I wouldn't, but it could be said that Rourke hooked on you because you reminded him of her, that you were the type he went for. But see, you're not. He went for you, not a type. I bet that burns her surgically shaped ass. (laughs) And Eve says it. Oh. And then she says, I don't get this female business or it takes me a while. It would burn her ass that I'm the anti her that he didn't keep looking for her or so to speak. And Mavis is like, we have a winner. (laughs) And then she said, "Um, bet the bitch goes frothy at the mouth every time she thinks about it. Um, and she says, that's why she set up that vid. And Eve, and Eve says, set up that vid? Mavis <laughs> says, uh, frog green eyes popped. Jesus, Dallas, you must be knotted up like last week's hairdo if you missed that. I may have been out of the game for a few years, but I know a con when it smacks my adorable post-pregnancy ass. Did you look at it? And basically Eve says, no, she didn't look at it. And so they went and put the... Um, video on you know um and mavis mavis says now watch like a cop instead of an injured wife um he's looking down at her yeah because she's talking to him angling up at him making sure he's looking at her while the camera rolls now catch it the way she shifts so they're both turned just enough for the camera to zoom in on both of their faces then she cheats hers out and eve says she what Cheats her face. She turns a little bit more so the camera can catch that soulful expression. She's plastered on on for it. Slick but obvious if you pay attention. She's playing you, both of you. Go kick her ass. <laughs> so. She's just great. Yeah. She really is. And, you know, the other thing is she tells Eve, you know, go Go make him understand, you know, time to stop letting her run the game, Dallas. And FYI, Rourke called here about a half hour before you showed up. And Eve says, he did? Real casual, like, asked about the baby like that. I may not have seen it if I had, hadn't been looking because he's just that good. But you're not the only one bleeding tonight. So Mavis even sees Rourke in these situations, too. She's so smart. Yeah. She really is. Do you have the one, speaking of when, when Mavis is not giving, when she's giving advice to other people, uh-huh. do you have the one from um, Loyalty with Zeke? Yeah. I figured you did. That was another one that was like real badass. Yeah. Well, first of all, we're talking about the wit and wisdom of Mavis in... <laughs> the start of that is Mavis comes in and she's just had a big um, tour, you know? Yeah. Singing tour. And um, Eve says, um, you kicked ass, didn't you? And she said, I did. I really did. It was orbital. It was Matt. It was Mag. It was beyond the old. I came to see you, but my next stop is Rourke. And I figure I should warn you. I'm going to kiss him hard right on the mouth. And Eve says, no tongues. And Mavis says, spoil sport. And um, then she says, you know, you look beat. Absolutely. You look beat, wasted, absolutely dead. And Eve says, thanks. Just what I needed to perk up my day. (laughs) 
And, <laughs> and Mavis says, no, I mean it. I caught some of what's been going on. I didn't have much time for screen, but what I did catch, people were talking about. I don't buy this urban, war, urban wars revival crap. I mean, who wants to run around blasting people in the streets all the damn time? It's so, you know, last century. <laughs> <laughs> Which is something, you know, I wish the people... The wit of yeah, Freemus Freestone exactly. right fucking there. Um, so then that's when um, Eve says, you know, can you take Zeke to the house and kind of like watch over him for a little while? And she says, fine. And so she and Zeke are at the house. And I guess Somerset gave him, you know, sounded like, like an afternoon tea, like tea and some little cakes and stuff like that. <laughs> like, so he made a whole Just afternoon. normal shit, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and Zeke says to her, I'm worried about Clarissa. And Mavis is like, mm-hmm. You know, she's not really listening to him. Um. And um, it says, by the time Mavis had charmed, nagged, and bullied the full story out of him, Zeke had gone through two cups of tea and three cakes, and he felt better. He, then he felt guilty because of it. Um, he'd been detained at Cop Central. It had seemed like he was paying for his crimes, not for not completing his ride to Clarissa's rescue, but... Here in the beautiful house, with the fire crackling and his body warm from fragrant tea, it was like being rewarded for his sins. It says, um, Mavis curled her legs under her and felt comfortable as the cat who stretched out on top of the sofa above her. Dallas said you've killed a droid. Zeke jolted, set down his tea. I know, but I don't see the how that's possible. And she says, what did Peabody say? She said, she said that it was a mechanical they pulled out of the river, but maybe she's saying that to make you feel better. Mavis turned her body toward him, nodded with her eyes wide and guileless. Maybe she's covering for you. Oh, and I know she's blackmailing Dallas to go along with it so you'll get away with the whole thing. The idea was so absurd, he would have laughed, but he was too shocked to do more than goggle. Dee would never do that. She couldn't. Oh, Mavis pursed her lips into a pout, then moved her shoulders. Well, I guess she must have told you straight then, huh? I guess it must be like they said, and you knocked over a droid that looked like this Branson guy. Otherwise, Peabody'd be lying and breaking the law. He hadn't thought about, he hadn't put one and one together quite that way before. Now that Mavis had, he stared down at his hands, thoughts whirled inside his head. But if it was a droid, Clarissa, Dallas thinks Clarissa did all this. She has to be wrong. Maybe she's hardly ever wrong about this sort of thing, though. Um, let's say Clarissa didn't know it was a droid. She really thought you'd offed her husband, and then, oh, that won't work. She her for a she furrowed her brow. I mean, gee, unless they ditched the body, the cops would have tagged it as a droid right off. She's the one who got rid of the body, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Well. She says, yes. And then he said, she was scared. Yeah, well, who wouldn't be? But if she had lost the body, would it would have been all over at this. I'm not Susan Erickson. No, me um, either. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, well, who wouldn't be? But if she hadn't lost the body, it would have been all over that same night. Nobody would have thought Branson was dead. The cops wouldn't have wasted all that time and given Branson the lead to get clear and stuff. 
I guess, I guess if Dallas hadn't figured a droid, they'd never have found the body anyway. Then everybody would think the guy was fish food and Clarissa would have run off um, because she was so weirded by the whole scene. Wow. She sat up as this, as though um, the idea had just occurred to her. That means if Dallas hadn't clicked to it and pushed until she had the proof, they'd have gotten away with it and you'd still believe you'd killed a guy. Oh God, it didn't just get through now. It burst through, ripping out his guts. What have I done? You didn't do anything, honey. Mavis swung her legs off the sofa, leaned toward, leaned forward to lay a hand over his. They did it all. Danced a number over you, and all you did was be who you are, a nice guy who believes the best of people. That's honestly some of the most incredible, like, brain work and, like, <laughs> social, like, social right. work bullshit that happens in this entire series. Yeah. Like, she's just, she really, really knows how to, it's, it's, I mean, it's the same way she, like, spoke to Eve. She didn't just go, <sighs> you know, um, that bitch set you up. Like she, she like progresses through the conversation in a way that like Eve can see it instead of having to hear it. Like, right. You know, she doesn't just tell you what's what she helps you see what's what exactly. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah. She's, she's a brilliant character. And, and that is, that scene always makes me smile because she's just so charming, but she's so smart. Yeah, she really is. I mean, I don't think that as a as a character, she's given enough credit for being as smart as she is. No. Um, but there's one thing at the very end of that whole scene that I made a note of and I wanted to bring it up. Because after okay. that, Zeke is like, I need time to think. And then that's when he goes out to fix Eve's car because yeah. he's like, I can think better if I'm working with my hands. And um, then Rourke came in and says to her, you're a good friend, Mavis. And then she turns around and she's like, Rourke, I've got something for you. Dallas said I could. With this, she threw her arms around him and gave him a hard, noisy kiss. Um, so then they have a, a discussion back and forth. And it has a lot to do with, you know, you and Dallas need to get together with me and Leonardo. We should, you know, plan something, blah, blah. And um, then... She's talking about maybe bringing Trina over for Dallas. <laughs> and he, she's, you know, he, she says to him, you look a little tired yourself. And he said it was a filthy night. And he, she says, maybe Trina should have a go at you too. His only answer was a vague, hmm. And she <laughs> grinned. I'll let you get back to what you're doing. Okay, if I take a swim? And he says, enjoy yourself. And she says, always do. And then it says, she danced down the stairs, grabbed her oversized bag and headed for the elevator to the pool house. She was going to give Trina a call and make those appointments. And then it says, (laughs) including erotic therapy. She tried it out once with Leonardo and she knew it was Mag. So (laughs) what, first of all, what the hell is that? And is she, (laughs) it's, She's saying that even Rourke need to do erotic therapy with Trina. I I sure or, as hell hope not. But <laughs> I mean, Trina is like fuck yes. I mean. 
Yeah, uh, like that I that seemed weird. Know. I don't think I've ever noticed that before. Erotic therapy with Trina. No. It's just gonna make appointments. So like like they always do. Have Trina over and everybody's at the house. Yeah. And then th- just just they're we're gonna break into erotic therapy, whatever that is. Oh. <laughs> like what like what? What kind of is erotic therapy? Jesus. I didn't realize that Trina offered those services. Right. Okay. But she's probably making some good money. I mean, um. <laughs> I saw this TikTok the other day. This woman was talking about how she um, she was saying she does sex work, but okay. it's not typical sex work. She's like, um, like today, I went over to this guy's house and I cleaned his house but she does it topless and she made the guy gave her like $8,000 or something like that to clean this whole house topless. That's a thing. Or I mean, I, I I didn't know it was still a thing, but I mean, I'm sure it's a thing. Yeah. It's apparently still a thing. I just, okay. So that made me think of, um, one of the, one of David Sedaris's essays, I guess. Um, fuck. What is the name of the essay? I don't even remember which book it's in. I will find out and get back to you all. But it's, he tells the story of how he worked in a cleaning service and um, he, when he was living in New York city and he, he got a job, he went over to the apartment and it was very clear that the person who booked him thought he was getting an erotic cleaning service and he's like comes in and he's ready to vacuum and shit. And, and the guy is like dropping all these gay hints. And like he keeps saying, like, you know, if you get hot, you can take your shirt off. Like the shit like that. Yeah. It is hysterical. Yeah. But then I was like, oh right, that is that is maybe a thing. <laughs> so Yeah, this girl was saying that she had several jobs that day and the the you know, topless um cleaning was the first one and then she did another round of topless cleaning for a for a um a lesbian couple and then she did some like yard work for some guy topless oh so i she, think i would draw the line at yard work and by draw the line at yard work i mean i wouldn't do any of it but <laughs> i know right i mean no cleaning maybe that. but yard work <laughs> yeah no yeah <laughs> yard work is a no but she made like you know tens of thousands of dollars in one day. Oh, yeah. And she said, oh, yeah. um, she has a uh, bodyguard that she keeps with her always. And that guy gets a cut. And I can't remember how much of a cut he gets like 25% of her take. I'm just for kind of standing there yeah. and making sure that everything's kind of up and up. Yeah. But it's like, oh, it's, well, it's- I mean, I'm not against it. You know, it's like, who cares? Well, why not? You know, it, Right. I mean, but then my mind immediately went to like that, the, the things people will pay for. You know what? I mean, I guess if you have the money, yeah. it is. So that story is from Dress Your Family in Corduroy and Denim. And okay. it's, the, it's the essay Blood Work. It's fucking weird. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I, um, I'm not really judge people for what they spend their money on. Yeah. I mean, I guess. I guess if I had extra money to do something like that, I don't, I don't know if that's what I would spend it on, but right. But everybody's different as we've already said. Everybody's different. And, and you uh, know what? <laughs> yeah. Clearly I mean, someone wants that. So they're glad it's there for me. It's like, 
last time I had this house professionally cleaned, it was like 700 bucks. And I was, I just about died. And it was just regular <laughs> ladies that came in fully clothed and clean the whole house. And <laughs> like everyone was, everyone was fucking fully clothed. <laughs> right. So I can't, I can't imagine paying like several thousand for one person just because they're topless. But I don't know if they did a good job. Maybe. Who knows? Sure. <laughs> Who knows? That is so funny. And the thing I clearly didn't think about since I last read that David Sedaris essay. So. See? <laughs> but anyway, so know. yeah, they're going to do some kind of erotic therapy. I guess. <laughs> I, no, Mavis is going to suggest it and he's going to go, hell no. Don't you right, dare. That's really how that's going to go. Yeah. It's going to be like, um, no. Yeah. That's, that's a no. <laughs> why would you why would you even suggest it no for you me, know dog. better yeah yeah it's a no for me and also we're i'm assuming that that is that it is not something with trina and maybe it is something that would be nice for even rourke but but i don't know what it is erotic therapy i mean yeah like maybe that would be fun for them you know i don't know because i don't know what it means <laughs> right but but I, I do trust Mavis's instincts usually when it comes to certain things. So maybe if I mean they do their own I, neurotic yeah. therapy, generally speaking. I mean they they do have sex a lot. They do. In case nobody realizes that. They do the thing a lot. They do the thing a lot. <laughs> um is that all that we had on uh, Facebook? Yes, it is. Okay. So we had a couple on Instagram, not much, but um, okay. let's see what we got here. Dividing death when he wants to get revenge on the HSO for not helping eight-year-old Eve. <sighs> this is K.A. Gavio that says this. Okay. Um, and she is upset and distracted. He will. She's afraid they'll never resolve this. And Mavis gives us the advice that with men, it's all about the dick. Oh, Yes. There is that part in in um, divided where Mavis comes over, and you know Eve's like, "What's going on? I'm busy." And Mavis starts crying. Oh, because she's like, "I'm afraid I'm gonna not right. be a good mom because I didn't have a a good mom and all that." Right. And Eve talks her off a ledge. <laughs> yeah. Let's do this because I'm trying to find that. Because I looked for Dick and it didn't come up, and I'm wondering why. Because later on, there's a conversation between Eve and Rourke, and um, what does Eve say? Something about what I'm saying is that you're an important man, a successful man. Sometimes you make a splash about it, sometimes you don't. Depends on the purpose. You don't need to make a big deal about stuff because you are a big deal. That's one part. And Rourke says, of what exactly? And Eve says, of the whole ego thing. Guys have different kind of ego than women, I think. Anyway, Mavis claims it's connected to the dick. She's usually right about stuff like that. And Rourke says, I don't know how I feel about you discussing my dick with Mavis. I always say it's hung like a bull and can go all night. And he says, that's all right then. <laughs> so clearly by that time, she and Mavis had talked about it, right? Yeah. But I don't see any mention of Dick prior to that. 
Um, so also there's a really nice scene with Dennis Mira in this book and doing all of this research on Susan Erickson and David Kalachi to put wiki pages mm-hmm. to get Wikipedia pages together for them. I decided that if a um, TV show ever happened, then Susan Erickson needs to play Mira and uh, David Kalachi needs to play Mr. Mira. Oh, I would love that. Yeah, wouldn't that be sweet? That's lovely. Well, you know. Well, so. <laughs> okay, sorry, then. everyone. We can't find that discussion. But that's okay. <laughs> so um, what I had posted on Instagram is a um, is a conversation that she and Mavis had in... Um, Portrait and Death. And for some reason, I didn't I write so. that one down either. Um, but Portrait and Death is right here. Okay. So in Portrait, um, the one that I had put posted on um, Instagram, this is after um, Rourke had been up all night in his computer room looking for information on his mother. And Eva tried to come in and he like pushed her out and said a lot of, you know, dickish things to her and she's was really confused. Um, and the next morning he still hadn't gone to bed. And so she just left for central, left him a message. She's at central and she's like worried about it. And, um, she calls Mavis and, um, she basically says like, um, there was just, there's just something up and he maybe says you were fighting about something. You didn't do anything to piss him off. And Eve says, how come it has to be me? <laughs> maybe says it doesn't. I'm just eliminating possibilities. You know, marriage is kind of a mystery, just like cop stuff. So you got to eliminate possibilities and look for clues. And Eve says, then it ought to come with a goddamn field kit. And Mavis says, he's worried about Somerset. And he says, yeah, but it wasn't that. I know it wasn't. Okay, you'd know. And she says, maybe it's a work thing squeezing him. And Eve says, could be, but usually he feeds off that crap. He put up a wall. This was personal. And Mavis says, okay, then you tear it down. You don't take no for an answer. You go nag and pick and you stick until it pops out of him, whatever it is. Girls are good at this, Dallas. And Eve says, I'm not good at being a girl. And Mavis says, sure you are. You're your own kind of girl. Think of it as kicking his ass until he cracks, at drilling him an interview (laughs) until he confesses. Dig it out of him. Then, depending on what it is, you either make him suffer, comfort him, or fuck his brains out. You'll know which. And Eve says, that doesn't sound too hard. And Mavis says, it's not. Trust me. Let me know how it turns out. So good. Yeah. So, you know, again, his brains out. Great, great, you know, advice from Mavis. Um, so, but the funny thing is we had a listener basically say like, how do I not know where that quote came from? Which book did Mavis say this? How, how could I possibly not remember it? And I told her it was from portrait. Somebody said, uh, we can't forget judgment and death. Oh, Judgment and Death is classic. Mm-hmm. They're talking about Ricker and Rourke. Yes. She and Rourke had a fight and she goes to Mavis's. 
And um, Mavis says, when you got home, there were flowers from the bad guy and a smarmy card. Um, you figured he did it to rile you up and to get Rourke's goat. So you had Somerset ditch the posies, but Rourke saw them and called you on and called you on it. Then you were like, the what flowers? And he says, I didn't say duh. I didn't say duh. That's one of my favorites. I never say that. I think maybe I said, huh, that's definitely different. uh, Mavis says, well, that was stupid. And Eve says, stupid? You're saying I was stupid? You're supposed to tell me I'm right. That's how this works. And Mavis says, Dallas, you didn't figure the man factor. They got dicks. You can't ever forget the dick when you're dealing with a man. And Eve says, what are you talking about? Maybe this is the conversation in this book. And then in the later book is when Eve says, I was talking to Mavis about your dick. This is probably the conversation. So Eve says, what are you talking about? I know Rourke has a dick. He uses it every, every chance he gets. And Mavis says, the dick's connected to the ego. It's a medical fact. Or maybe it's the other way around. With a shrug. Mavis emptied the glass, the last of the screamers. It's a mystery to all womankind. You didn't trust him to handle himself. And she says, he didn't trust me to handle myself. And Mavis says, Dallas, Dallas, let's make more screamers. We'll need them. And then we get to, then we'll get to the men or pig stage. So um, then they get even more drunk. And Eve says, if men are pigs, why do so many of us have one? And Mavis says, because women work on an emotional level, even you. Eve rolled over, eyed Mavis narrowly. Do not. Do too. First, he got you by the hormones. I mean, Jesus, look at him. The man's a sexual, give me a minute, a sexual banquet. Yeah, that's a good one. He clicked into your head because he's smart and interesting and mysterious and all that stuff. You'd really go for by then the whammer was was when he jammed right into your heart. What you going to do then? A guy's got his hooks in your heart. He just reels you in. He just reels you right in. And he says, I'm not a goddamn fish. Mavis says, we're all fish in the great sea of life. (laughs) So good. Um, and Eve laughed and called her a moron. And she says, Hey, I'm not the one in emotional crisis here. Um, poor baby. Mommy's going to tell you just what to do to make it all better. Um, and Eve says, well, what? And Mavis says, fuck his brains out. Fuck his brains out. (laughs) And he says, that's it. That's mommy's best advice. And Mavis says, it's the only advice. Men, being pigs, and having the dick factor will usually forget what they were pissed about if you lay them right. And Eve says, so I'm supposed to use sex to fix this? Somewhere in her alcohol-dulled brain, there was a glimmer of a thought that this approach was seriously marred, but she couldn't quite grab onto it. It could work, (laughs) she decided. Guaranteed, but. Then Eve says, I knew there's a but. I could almost feel it. (laughs) <laughs> and Mavis says, it's only a, what do you call it? A temporary measure, Dallas. You've got like, you know, issues. So you got to figure out why you went behind his back. Not that there's anything really wrong with that, because sometimes you got to do what you, what you do. But what you got here are two really rock heads that are wrapping up against each other. 
And Eve says, are you saying I'm a rockhead? <laughs> and Mavis is like, sure you are. And that's why I love you. <laughs> and when you get those rockheads smacking together like that, you're going to have some something crack now and then. Then later on, Eve says, I wasn't wrong. And Mavis says, of course you weren't. We're women. We're never wrong. <laughs> and Eve says, even Somerset went on my side and he hates me. Doesn't hate you. And then Eve says, I love the stupid son of a bitch. And, Ma- and Mavis says, oh, that's so <laughs> sweet. Um, if you'd tell him, you guys would get along better. <laughs> Eve says, not Somerset. Jeez, not Somerset. <laughs> I love that stupid son of a bitch. You'd think he'd cut me a break. So good. And, um, he, you know, you'd think he'd cut me a break when this case is hammering at me and I don't know what I'm doing. And Eve and Mavis says, you always know what you're doing. That's why you're Dallas, Lieutenant Eve. And she says, not with a job, Mavis. I know what I'm doing with the job, with Rourke, with the marriage deal, with this love crap. You must be drunk. She's like, of course I'm drunk. We drank an entire batch of Leonardo's. Isn't he the cutest thing? <laughs> Special screamers mix. <laughs> and Eve says, you're right. I have to go throw up now. And Mavis is like, okay, I'm next. So let me know when you're done. <laughs> That's so good. Then it says, as Eve stumbled to her feet, staggered out of the room, Mavis simply curled up, tucked one of the satin throws under her head and went blissfully to sleep. Eve washed her face, studied the pale, sloppy-eyed reflection in the mirror. She looked soft, she thought. Soft, a little stupid, and more than drunk. With some regret, she raided Mavis's supply of sober-up. After a brief consideration, she decided to take only one. She wasn't quite ready to give up the buzz. A full dose would dull. When she found Mavis asleep on the floor, like a doll among a forest of colorful toys, she grinned. What would I do without you? Mm. and she's not wrong because really what would she do without Mavis I changed my mind about what thing from the future I want from the in death world I want sober up (laughs) 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 I want that I mean (laughs) right Uh, that would be great I there's a very fine line between like if I so if I'm driving, I have at most two drinks over the course of a night with snackies, yeah. whatever. Because when I go to the piano bar, I'm down there for four hours. If I am not driving, I will drink as much as I like. But when I do that, there is a fine line between this is definitely enough and oh my god, I just want to die. <laughs> yeah. And I can't figure it out. I feel like I should have figured it out by now. I have not. So sober up would be light, lovely. Not so I I feel like, you know, I wouldn't want to abuse it. But man, if I go too far, I want to be able to like not not feel confused and sick. Right. <laughs> like if I'm going to, can I have, can I have one of one or the other, I guess? Well, I've heard that what you do in that case is um, you have an equal amount of water. Uh, an amount of water that's equal to the amount of alcohol that you've consumed. Yes, that is usually the goal. <laughs> but, but the problem, <laughs> the problem at this bar, is that it's a gay bar. 
Mm. There's a lot of liquor, but... Well, it's a bar, so it's got a lot of liquor, but they do have water. No, no, no. I'm saying that, like, you're like, oh, I, I'm, I had three drinks. Well, three drinks at a gay bar is equivalent to, like, five or six drinks at any other bar. Oh, uh, okay. So, but... Well, if you know that ahead of time, you drink. I you do. Bring a big old, like, gallon of water and drink it on the way home. That is true. That is true. No, don't do that. You'll, you can't drink a gallon of water all at one time. Or you'll die. Really? You can you can overdose on water. Oh, I didn't know that. You can, yeah. I'm gonna believe it. The good news is, is that I, that does not happen often, but it'd still be a good thing to have. <laughs> so um, let's see. We we're not done. Else, yeah, with the say, comments what else you have on there? But I think that everybody else's comments we've we've gone over those. So MMG um, is mentioning the. Apart from innocent and death, so we've already gone over that. Um, you there's another one that you had in your in your uh, share right. file. Well, I'm going through the okay. um, comments though. On okay. Um. So, so yeah, she mentions the the quote from Innocent and Death, and she says, "I love the whole scene all the way to the end of chapter 14 because it defines their relationship." She is hear the female version of brian kelly solid on eve's side no question about it a friend that not only offers support but makes her see the holes in the story and helps her fix it i want to get me one of those (laughs) yeah that's always nice and mmg says uh again you know another good one is in judgment and death um and we just read that one so um which which other one in my i have a lot so I the so, quotes from Naked too is are good. Yeah, you have. What yeah, are you we can start at the beginning, but you have the ones from Naked. Um, we covered Naked. We covered loyalty. Yeah, I'm trying to mark the ones that we covered. We Judge, didn't cover purity. Judgment. Yet. Yeah, there's there's one in purity. Survivor is my favorite. Survivor is or one so of my good. favorites. It's so good. That was um, the one I was I was like oh we. No one had said that one. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, Survivor is when Eve brings Mavis in to meet Nixie, and Nixie is, like, really stunned. Yeah. Silent when Mavis comes in. And Mavis gives her uh, her new, like, disc, her new CD, or her new video of her new song. And... um, Nixie says, this is the ult, the serious ult. Lenny and I, she trailed off, stared hard at the disc. Lenny's my best friend and we watch your vids all the time, but she's, I know Mavis' voice, Mavis's voice softened. I'm really sorry. Dallas is my best friend. I'd feel so bad if anything happened to her. It would hurt for a long time. I guess I'd have to think about the fun we had together whenever I could so it didn't hurt so much. You know, that one is so sweet. And then after that is when, you know, Nixie leaves the room and she says, poor kid, man, it makes you misty. She laid a hand on her belly, blinked her emerald lashes. Look, if I can give her a couple of hours of fun, that's what it's all about. Hey, bump. She grabbed Eve's hand, slapped it to the side of her belly. <laughs> Jesus, don't. Whoa. <laughs> no, 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 no. So the, the, uh, another good thing about Mavis, again, you know, Eve needs to be pushed out of her comfort zone. Yes. And I'm sure that 
some people would would say that like you know maybe that's like being pushy or whatever but i i think that that's part of understanding your relationship with a person right you know like if if eve really and truly was not meant to be pushed to be more comfortable around her friend and her pregnancy then Mavis would would read that and not push her like she does you right. know but whatever to whatever extent Eve cares about Mavis which is like more than so much you know like Mavis recognizes that I think and knows that Eve's love for her is probably enough to make it so that she can appreciate her friend having a baby, even if it's weird. Right. Because being weirded out by something does not mean that you are repulsed by something, that that you are not ever willing to accept it, you know? It's very much like right. Eve's not Eve's not like, yay, pregnancy, but she's also not like running screaming from the room. Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> she wants to be. But I think but I really do she think wants to be. I really do think that like Mavis is able to see that she's not pushing. I don't know. I feel like I've just never felt like she pushed Eve too far. I'm, and I feel like she right. knows, she knows how to not do that. Yeah. Like the Eve, Eve being weirded out by pregnancy has only ever been an amusement and never, for, I mean, for the readers and for me, at least, at least I think for me, I've always been like, that's fun. It's funny. It's not like, ew, maybe it's your like a lot. Just let the woman have her space you know i've never felt yeah. that i've always been like mavis is pushing her where she needs to be and it's really fun for us to read about right so the only book we haven't talked about is naked and i just have a few things here like just in general things that she uh, said to eve mm -hmm. and i don't know do you want to read those yeah, you or? read the blue part yeah i'm marking blue parts yeah um I just like this part where she says a few years ago, I'd, I'd have thought singing for my supper was the world's <laughs> biggest scam. The best grift I could run turns out I'm working harder than I ever did bilking tourists. <laughs> I thought that was fun. Right. So the first one you highlighted from Naked is, um, oh yeah. So she says, police business. Here I was hoping you had a date. You really need to start seeing men who aren't criminals, Dallas. Yeah, I thought that was funny. It's pretty great. <laughs> pretty great. Um, and then foreshadowing. This one is fucking brilliant. Um, so um, Mavis has a cold. And she says, it's a fucking pharmaceutical conspiracy, Eve. We've wiped out just about every known plague, disease, and infection. Oh, we come up with a new one every now and again to give the researchers something to do. But none of those bright-eyed medical types, none of those medi-computers can figure out how to cure the common fucking cold. You know why? Because the pharmaceutical companies need to sell drugs. You know what a goddamn sinus tab costs? You can get anti-cancer injections cheaper. I swear it. <laughs> She's not wrong. Nope, not wrong. Um, and then the other one is, um, after you've slept with work. And the part I didn't put in was her saying like, what got into you besides his incredibly energetic cock or something like that. Um, let's see. 
Honey, you've been blocking off normal needs all your life because of things you barely remember. Somebody just found a way to get through. You should be happy. You said it puts him in the pilot seat, doesn't it? Oh, that's bullshit, Mavis interrupted before Eve could go on. Sex doesn't have to be a power trip. It sure as hell doesn't have to be a punishment. It's supposed to be fun. And now and again, if you're lucky, it gets to be special. Oh, man. She knows what's what. She really does. She really does. Um, So one thing that I have been thinking about when um when we were like oh we're gonna do like the wit and wisdom of, of mavis freestone save for when you know like i don't know mavis is a character who has grown so much in the series that we don't talk about because she's not she's not a central character she's she is a secondary character but she's not even like she's like a b secondary character you know right um, because uh, she's not a police officer. She's not there, you know. But one thing I love most about Mavis, and which is why she is, not why, but like it's in correlation with her just being the kind of person that gives advice so well, is I don't think she, I don't think she doubts herself as a person. Right. Like, yes. And then like that, that sounds like I don't know what I'm talking about and I definitely never do. But, um, you know, like when she has all the, all the shit that goes down in Immortal, obviously like she has those moments. But as far as Mavis discovering who she is, like when she is finally like a successful music star and a celebrity, there's not a single moment where I get the feeling from her that she doesn't recognize that she deserves what she has, that she has worked her ass off and here she is and she knows her own worth. Yeah. And that I think is really one. It's really, really good storytelling and character creation from Nora. Mm -hmm. But two, like it's, it's honestly just a nice relief to see a character that anyone and anyone and anywhere, you know, to see a person just be like, yeah, I, I deserve the things that I have. And I know she has a, ba- you know, she has a really crazy background and whatever, but right. I, I, I don't know. And I was like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe, maybe other people are like, no, there's absolutely moments where she, where she doesn't seem like that, but, but, you know, obviously I'm not talking about when she's like, I don't know if I'll be a good mother or like there's hormones and shit involved in that. I have no idea what that's like, but you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but I don't know. Like, I really feel like once she got through everything with, with the fucker Jess Barrow and she's legitimately like out there working in this world and work already like flat out said to her, you know, but we already went through that. Where she was like, am I just doing this because you're, because Eve's my friend. And right. she doesn't have a hard time believing him when he says no, because she recognizes her own worth. And I think that that is yeah. amazing. She jumps right into all these situations. Eve says, come help out with Zeke. She's like, I've never fucking met this guy, but let's go. I just came back from a tour. Right. Here's amazing. Very, very insightful. Almost to the point of like, like no one should have been shocked when she was smart girl winner in 
right. kindred. Like, <laughs> like she is, she has this level of, of wisdom that no one expects, but then no one is surprised. Like Eve is never surprised. Right. No, when Mavis well, that's gives why Eve goes to her. Voice, her so often. She goes to her, but even then, when it comes to these other things, like I mean, because she she is right there during the bridal shower. Mm-hmm. Like Eve is Eve isn't thinking of it. Eve isn't thinking, oh, you know, Mavis is going to be the person that that breaks this wide open. She's not thinking of it, but she's also not surprised. She's not surprised right. when Mavis is like, "Well, Magdalena set you fuckers up." She's like. Of course, my really intelligent friend who thinks this way, who understands the kind of discussion I need, the kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like, no Mm -hmm. one is ever surprised when she does that kind of shit. Right. And that's amazing. Like, I just, I really, really appreciate how Nora has created this character who has an exceptional amount of self-worth that has come from the life and experiences that she has. And we are rewarded with her also giving us this advice and seeing her give Eve advice. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. Oh, that makes sense. So, yeah, no, that was the, that was, I was like, I wrote that. I made some notes about that and I was like, I want to make sure I say that. And I hope it sounded like it made sense (laughs) because I'm (laughs) me and I am not always the best at being succinct at what I'm trying to say, but well, and it is starting to get late for you. So it, yeah. And I, my brain doesn't work and my morning. And I actually did a fair stupid. amount of just, you know, bullshitting. We before did, which we started. was lovely. Which was lovely. So it's fine. It's fine. But it's uh, fine. Yeah. And I, I earlier tonight sought the, the wit and wisdom of AJ Ryan. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just bitched about my family and AJ was like, let's, talk you off this ledge here but um (laughs) yeah um oh oh so i don't know when this is being released obviously but um today is according to the um the director of pediatric social work in my in my hospital today is national mental health awareness day i thought it was the whole month of october but specifically today is like uh, i guess um and like today when I was totally not doing actual work and just kind of thinking about this, I mean, it was work doing work, but this was like in the back of my brain. I was like, yeah. I feel like in a different way than like Peabody and her free age or stuff. I feel like Mavis is absolutely an advocate for mental health care. Like, Oh yeah. I bet she has a routine that we don't talk about her doing like yoga or meditation or whatever, but like, Mm -hmm. I bet she has a very specific routine that involves, you know, very like targeted types of, of self-help or self-care and and stuff like that. And I I don't see that. I don't know that they talked about this, but I, I can see Mavis and Leonardo having some sort of like, um, meditation room or yoga right. room or some kind yeah. of like yeah well I, is it is it in a, did i just make this up in my brain is there like some mommy and me yoga class she does with bella at some point yes okay okay but yeah like just in general i and just feel like that's that would be a mavis thing she would she may continue to do that because you know of the she likes being around people yeah exactly so but i feel like she probably um, does like essential oils and stuff like that or yeah she's in she's into a lot of that like herbalist 
like you know yeah it's probably why she, natural another reason why she and Peabody so. get along you know yeah but but yeah I thought about that actively today too because I was like and, it, and I feel here. like Peabody should have um one of those and when you you read about them in um, like uh, uh, historical type novels, uh, where they used to have a room that was specifically for uh, your herbs and stuff, mm-hmm. and you put together like herbal, like your whatever the lotions or the oils that you used in both in cooking and in you know oh, yeah. healthcare. What, what are those rooms? Called? A still room? Is that what it's called? Still room, maybe. I think that's a thing. It, 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 and probably, you will not convince me otherwise. I, I yeah, like that's canon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let me look this up. Yes. From uh, Miriam Webster. It's a room connected with the kitchen where liqueurs, preserves, and cakes are kept and beverages such as tea are prepared. But I, I think that I have in the historicals that I've read, they're always like putting together their um, herbs and stuff. And it makes sense if that's a room that you have keep teas in because a lot of herbs are used for teas. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? No, that makes sense. I, yeah, they totally like, they totally have something like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Peabody would have something like that. Like that is the one thing about this, the one, I mean, I'm just not an architect and whatever, but like this great house project, like how are, how are the, how are the units connected? Are they, See, are they connected through this still room? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, so it sounded to me like they, when they went first, when they first went into the house and they were with Peabody McNabb or whatever, and they went into like the kitchen area uh-huh. or the dining room area. And there was a, a door to the outside to the backyard. Yeah. And that Eve noticed that there was a separate entrance to another part of the house. Okay. That, um, Eve and Eve, I remember even we having this discussion about Eve was saying like, it did seem weird because there was, it seemed like there was more to the house than what we were seeing. And then from the outside, from the front, and then right. when they went to the back, they saw that there was a separate entrance and she was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. A separate entrance is a separate house or a separate part of the house that is, which makes sense because, uh, you know, of course, um, a lot of people do that. You know, they block off part of their house or they, like you were just talking about earlier, you know, where the house that you live in is divided yeah. into two apartments, essentially. Right, and yeah. I have a friend of mine that that lives in um, Buffalo, uh, and she just bought a couple of years ago, moved from L.A. to Buffalo to to go help take care of her dad, and um, she bought a house in Buffalo that was a, a duplex like that. So she's got the upper apartment, and then she rents out the lower apartment. Oh yeah. But last time I talked to her, she was talking about talking to her brothers about selling her dad's house and moving her dad into that lower apartment so he could be closer oh, to her yeah um but anyway that's neither here nor there just to say that a lot of people do that yeah i just i 
I, I don't know that, it, like, I either have not been paying enough attention to following the layout of the house or it's not quite clear. Right. Or both. Yeah, that's how <laughs> that's how I, I understood it, that there was that at a certain point that house stopped at the like kitchen area. And then they went into the backyard and and the entrance to Peabody McNabb's house is is from the backyard. And they probably okay. have a front entrance somewhere else too, but it's not right. just not visible from where you would normally enter work. from the front of the house, yeah. I think. But yeah. um anyway, um yeah. That's fun. <laughs> so I don't know yeah. what else. Well we they can totally say have a still room. <laughs> they have a still room. Well, I no. feel like, yeah, because I feel like Peabody would probably also have like a greenhouse. She would want a greenhouse. Right. That, and, that's part of what the living wall thing is, right? Yeah, that's kind of the same thing. Oh. But I feel like that's for herbs and stuff. Right. But a greenhouse would be for like more like vegetables. Do that outside. Yeah. <laughs> unless they actually do like a, a you know, a garden, a full on garden. I don't know. I bet they do. <laughs> so, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll we'll learn more about this house. Yes, you know, we're gonna, there's going to be a lot. It's going to be a while before because, um, again, um, not knowing when this comes out in, uh, you know, but uh, in October, first part of October, they Nora had a uh, Facebook Live, and one thing she was asked was about the Great House Project in this series. And um, I think they said something about we're still checking in on the Great House Project in the next book, which is uh, sorry, uh, sorry, which is um, what it what random random, yeah. Um, and it sounded like we're going to get another couple books at least before the House Project is completely done and they're the all moved in. So I mean, it, it takes a little while to, to renovate a house. So, right. <laughs> and then we're going to have another baby. Oh, no, there's going to be another baby. <laughs> so we now ha- get to speculate on whether it's going to be a boy or a girl. I feel like boy, because they already have a girl. So they need a boy. Yeah. They need a boy. And it's going to be named Rourke. It's going to be named something like Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there too <laughs> or maybe they'll name it lawrence after somerset or who knows oh my gosh <laughs> what is somerset's real name again <laughs> basil basil Kolchak. i can't imagine Kol- naming a Kolchak. child basil basil but maybe I think of yeah basil and bella basil and oh my god what if they do that <laughs> Okay, we we're gonna. Okay, we have to stop. <laughs> we have to stop on that one. We're gonna like we're going places. <laughs> so, um, yeah, because this is an extra episode, uh, I don't think we're gonna do any kind of um podcast business because we won't really know what the podcast business is when we get to that part. No, but and we also don't know. Sorry, both <laughs> Tara and I. <laughs> We're both, we're both um, oh, Jesus. And we also won't know what's going, what's coming up, but I mean, we can kind of speculate. Um, uh, Random and Death is coming out in February. Yeah. And I don't know if you, have you read anything about that? 
No, I haven't. Mm. Not a, not not a single thing. We're gonna see Jake in this one, which is nice. We Ooh. we love to see it. Yes, we do like Jake. Yeah. Um. So, uh, and the case sounded really interesting. And Susan yeah, Erickson just as as of this recording just started recording the audio for Random. Oh, because I think she posted on Instagram on somebody's post. She answered them back and. Somebody mentioned her on Instagram, uh, one of our listeners, and she said she answered them back and said thank you. And then she said just just about to start random, so Aww. she should be right now recording. Right, not not this very moment. I, I'm <laughs> thinking that she's probably minute. asleep right now. I hope so. Or, or we'll be asleep soon. Going to bed soon. But um, tomorrow she'll she'll start back up. <laughs> That's right. Tomorrow. <laughs> You better be working on random and death season. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we won't bug her about that, but we're uh, <laughs> we know. Yeah. So um so yeah, it seems like an interesting one. So that that I know for a fact that's coming up. And besides that, um Ooh, New York to Dallas is coming up. Celebrity delusion. I know. It's like it it's like there's like a hot like five or six in a row that you're like oh my god oh my god yeah you know? they're all fantastic and then there's some that were like um well i mean that was good sure that i don't remember so those will be interesting to get to too i don't rem- like i don't remember there's probably about six or seven of them that i'm like i'm about to be reading that for the second time yeah I mean, you haven't talked about, since this is October, we haven't really talked about taking a break at all. Like we do normally no. during the holidays. Yeah. And what, we, what we should do for that. But I'm sure we'll talk about that. We will. So. Hopefully. Yeah. Soon. Um, anyway, so I guess that's mm-hmm. it for this episode of uh, Sounds Podcast good. Death. So um, It was fun. It really was fun. I, I, I love Mavis. I don't know, you know. I do I mean, too. And uh, the more I talk about her, the more I love her, the more I appreciate her. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, but anyway, so, um, you know, contact us on any of our social medias. Um, oh, the other thing we didn't talk about was the uh, in death cookbook lady oh, yeah. is going to be on the show. I don't know if it's that before or after you listen to this, but um, that's another thing we're looking forward to um, having her on the show. Yeah, that's coming up. So that should be fun. Uh, but anyway, so all of that's coming up. And if you have an idea for a show, you can contact us on any of our social medias. Just look for podcasts and death. We're on mostly on uh, Facebook and Instagram, but you can find us on Twitter and you can find us other places as well. Um, yep. and you can send us a message, um, by sending an email to show at podcastanddeath.com. If you go to podcastanddeath.com, I think we have a, um, contact us form. You can use that too, or you can call the number. The number is 205-476-2753. And that spells out 2054-ROAR. Yay. And I guess that's it for this episode. Call us. <laughs> so, um, thanks for listening. And for thanks. Podcast and Death, this is AJ. This is Tara. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening to Podcast in Death. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. Podcast in Death is hosted by Amy Ryan, Jen Terpstra, and Tara Corkery, and is edited and produced by Amy Ryan. The opinions expressed on this show are for entertainment purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the in-death fandom at large. Podcast in Death is not in any way affiliated with Nora Roberts, Berkeley, Penguin Publishing Group, or St. Martin's Press. Our theme song is Justice Never Sleeps by Cosmo and is available on Shutterstock.com. This episode and all of our previous episodes are available at podcastindeath.com. Have something to say? You can email us at show at podcastindeath.com or find us on social media by searching for Podcast in Death on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, you can call us and leave a message at 205-476-2753. That spells out 205-4-ROARCH. Thanks again for listening. And in the immortal words of Brian Kelly, fucking slouch at you. Oh, my God.